Hey, this is Rebecca. And this is Brandon. And we are a couple of Christmas nerds. <laughs> who, uh, uh, well, one of us who loves uh, watching Hallmark movies. And, and, and talking about Hallmark movies. Yes. So join us on our mini episode as we discuss... The Hallmark movies that we have just watched and will inevitably disagree, disagree on. This is the Drive Home Reviews Christmas Podcast. <laughs> you didn't tell me we were gonna we were gonna switch up the opening. What would life be like if I told you everything all the time? That's true. So like surprises are the joy <laughs> that brings us together. Um. Okay. So we're doing something a little different here. We mentioned this on our last um our last episode that we were gonna start doing these mini episodes, kind of bonus episodes. Um, to kind of fill out the holiday season a little bit. So this is your realm. So talk, tell us a little bit before we get into the movie. You know why the Hallmark holiday films are such a such a staple for you. So I grew up watching Hallmark holiday films with my mom. Um, it was oh gosh, they weren't as prevalent, you know, in the eighties and nineties when I was growing up. But by the time, especially when my mom. Um, was going through cancer and chemo um, we would watch these together and we would we've always loved Christmas and we loved cheesy movies and like we would even when we lived long distance from each other we would watch and then call and like talk to each other about them so um, I have continued to watch the Hallmark movies and now uh, after having been together for several years mm -hmm. um, and you have been exposed to them <laughs> uh, and now since you were living together we decided to uh, that we we're gonna actually like devote time to watching the new ones the what mm -hmm. they call the countdown to Christmas uh, specials for the holiday uh, for the Hallmark channel this yeah year. Um, my my experience is a little different. Um, I was I like a lot of people uh, very dismissive of the Hallmark holiday film, um, but at the same time, I, I, well, let me. I was very dismissive of them from one film that I saw called Silver Bells, <laughs> which uh, had Anne Heche in it, and it was the story about this guy who grew Christmas trees, and his son wanted to be a photographer and not like sell Christmas trees so they drive to New York to sell their Christmas trees and the son like runs away to like live on the streets and be a photographer and like the film picks up like a year later and Anne Heche knew about this knew where the kid was but didn't tell the father yeah. it's like um I don't care what holiday jangles you put on that that's wrong yeah you know so I had a real problem with it um, but I've always had kind of a respect for the Hallmark holiday films because I respect anybody who's kind of found a niche and just steers into the skid. Right. Kind of like, you know, a while ago, I don't think they're as interesting now. I don't think anybody really cares, but, um, about the early 2000s when the sci-fi channel, uh, hit on Sharknado. Right. And then they just started to make intentionally bad monster movies because people were lapping them up 
and I think the Hallmark Channel kind of real. I think they started out with a very sincere thing, and then just kind of realized people love these things. Let's just turn up the schlock and not apologize. So, of the ones that we've watched, what in your eyes makes a good Hallmark movie? Um, that's a really hard question. Uh, I think the ones that are the most that have the more interesting setups. Um. That it, it's such a hard question to answer. I don't know. I don't know how to give you that that reply. Personally, I feel like there has to be a love story, but it's got to yeah. be an interesting love story. Okay. You know, not the uh, not the standard like lumberjack business lady mm -hmm. story. Yeah. You gotta put a twist on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, diversity is a big one for me in the last few years. Uh, we make a very concerted effort to only watch these holiday movies if they are put out by Hallmark. Yes. We've done, watched a couple Netflix ones, mm -hmm. but we will not watch anything put out or produced or um, or distributed by the Great American Channel. Yeah, Candace Cameron's yes. thing. Yeah, we, so uh, we none of that. Not, nope. Um, so, uh, and something that Hallmark has done this year in their they have uh, they have been making an effort to have more holiday movies centered on uh, people of color. Mm -hmm. um, they have at least one Hanukkah one this year. Yeah, we've seen a couple of those. And they have. Oh, and this one's a Hanukkah one that's not starring the same guy as yeah, the, the same, two the previous same, Hanukkah The same ones. Jewish guy. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, We've got several gay couples. Yeah, they've started doing the LGBTQ ones, which is good. Right. So we have, like, and most of the time they've been on the sidelines. Like, they're not the main character, yeah. not the main couples. But there is a there is one centered on a lesbian couple coming out this year. Yeah, and we saw one last year that had a, had a gay couple in it. Right. Yeah, right. so. So, although I don't, I think uh, that one was a Netflix one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, um, so we're, so. Bear with us a little bit here because this is a new format. This is different from the regular podcast, so we're, uh, we're not going to do, you know, pre-discussions. We're just kind of going to jump into the films and just uh, give you the the basic rundown. Uh, so, so what are we starting with? Which one are we are we going to start for our for our pilot episode? Uh, let's start with the uh, the Christmas Island. Hence the hence the pun. Yes. So, well, I mean, that you wouldn't really be able to tell from the pun. <laughs> um, so, Christmas Island is centered on a female pilot mm -hmm. who is trying to transition from commercial flights to being a private uh, pilot uh, for private clients. This is her first time out. Um, it's established early on that she does not have a family. Of course not. And so she is available to fly over Christmas time to go spend the, the holiday with um, busy business mom and busy business dad and their two non-business yeah. children. Your standard, your standard rich family. You know, they're going to Sweden? They're, yeah, they're going to Sweden to go skiing. And then uh, as they're flying, the weather over the Atlantic takes a turn. Right. And the only place they can land is this little town in Nova Scotia called yes. Christmas Island. And lo and behold, 
when they land uh, two major shocks because of course they were going to Switzerland and they were going to the high end and they were going to go to all these parties but this place is small yes it's a quaint little town yes. mobsters see honey this is what I'm talking about like you well I I thought I thought because I was coming up on the speed no. uh, on the on the speed zone change that's why it slowed down anyway <laughs> sorry couple argument there for yeah. a second um so yes uh they were supposed to go so they own a lifestyle company like a Martha Stewart company yeah and they're supposed to go to Switzerland or Sweden I can never remember which one Switzerland I believe okay and so there's while they're there they're supposed to be also conducting business mm -hmm. and working and the nanny is supposed to be doing all of the activities with the kids mm -hmm. all the Christmas activities um but of course the nanny has flown on ahead so she's not with them on the plane uh so now since they are grounded the pilot uh is going to have to be the one who does the the Christmassy activities with uh with the children who of course you have you have uh, angsty teenage girl, right? And adorable Moppet. Yes. You know, where is Santa gonna be able to find us? I hope Santa can find us. You know, and uh, mom, I hate everything. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So we have. Um, well, you know, I don't know that she's that angsty because. No, I'm, but it's the archetype. Um, but anyways, so we have the air traffic controller. Yeah, so this is the other twist, is that the air traffic controller she was, the pilot was fighting with over the radio, because of course immediately they didn't take, you know, take a liking to each other, turns out to be the only air traffic controller at the little place in Nova Scotia. Right. So they end up staying with his family, his sister, and her son. His, his sister is the mayor. Uh huh. And she conveniently has a B and B. Well, well, what I was gonna say is a teenage boy. Oh yes. To occupy the teenage girl. Which they they actually didn't play into that as much as I thought they were going to. Like I thought for sure once we saw, you know, a teenage boy, I thought it was gonna turn into one of those holiday romance things with the the daughter too, but they, they really didn't. They kind of had very little interaction. Um, no, they had a decent amount. She had more interaction with the old guy at the at the right. post office. so air traffic controller Grinch's dad is the postal worker, um, the only postal worker in yes. town. Um, and, you know, because their name is Christmas mm -hmm. Island, they get a lot of things to send out to Santa, or from Santa, Yeah. so that the postmark says Christmas Island. Um, so, like, the, the teenage daughter gets really involved with that. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, because there's no hotels in town, yes, the, the rich family is ending up staying with old guy and and mayor daughter. Yes. And then Grinchy Air Traffic Controller turns out to be one of the big Christmas event organizers. Yeah, he's not, he's not really Grinchy. He was just, like, snarky to her. He was. Like, but he wasn't, like, a Grinch. He's one of the... He was like, I like Christmas. But you expected him <laughs> to be Grinchy. When yeah. You, when you yeah, his him. overall attitude, like I say, was very, uh, very inconsistent. Because yeah, he was. Just, I love Christmas so much. <laughs> Girl, come make candy. 
Well, this, uh, and sorry, Christmas Grinch air traffic controller uh, was played uh, by Andrew Walker, who is a, you know, an old hand at these, at the Hallmark movies. Um, but the girl, uh, Kate, played by Rachel Scarston, I, I think she might be newer to that. Um, that is one of the, that is her. one of the things you have to give a lot of, a lot of credit to the to the hallmark the the entire empire is they have created a haven for either c-list actors or people who aren't really going to get above right the, you know and that and that is not a slam that is not a slam it sounds like one but like i love like the cliffhanger movie serials from the 30s and 40s and a lot of those were the same thing. They were this haven for gay players and people whose name was never going to be above the title, but it gave them consistent work. Well, and that's the thing, too, is consistent work. And yeah. not all of them kind of stay there because you have um, you have uh, Luke McFarlane, who is a... He's in one this year. He's basically in a Hallmark movie every year. Um, but also did that Billy Eichner movie, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? I have the no gay idea. one. The gay guy one. I... Oh, bros. Oh, okay. He did bros. So, like, they do branch out. They do get chances in other places. Yeah. But that is also an, always an interesting thing to me is how many of these guys who are consistent Hallmark leads yeah. are actually gay. Yeah, a lot of them. So... <laughs> um... But like, so what did you? So we've we've gone through the plot and all that uh, as it is. What did what did you think of this one? So I think this was a pretty pretty solid outing. Like you said, it wasn't anything that was going to be earth shattering. Well, but to be fair, are any of them? No, I mean, like, there's some that are pretty different. Um, you have some that are more on the humorous side of it, like uh, one. Uh, one that Lacey Chabert has done and then she did a sequel to it this year is called Hall at the Holly and that one is much more comedic that's mm. much more comedic than this one tends to be a little bit more sappy drama um, pretty traditional I think uh, having the female pilot was cool mm -hmm. it's a little kind of like one of Barbie's jobs kind of thing <laughs> you know? um, and you know, not kind of forcing her into a domestic role. Like when she makes the candy, she's, she's not a natural. She doesn't no. have jobs. You know, like, <coughs> of course, the family comes back together in a very sweet way. Well, and they never kind of, on your topic, they never uh, hint or imply that she is going to give up her career as a pilot. Oh, yeah, no. For, you know, to go live in Tiny McTinyburg. Right. You know, it's this is like you said, it's a twist on there. You know, oh, I I'll give up business for for you. You know, kind of thing. She never okay. she never kind of falls back on that. Right. So um, the implication is that you know uh, that they all go on and live happily ever after. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I think that the setting was cute and interesting. Weirdly, we had just been yes. talking about lobster trap. Yeah, there was Christmas I, trees. I had my parents and I had watched this thing a few years back, 
and I think it was on uh, the Home and Garden channel, HGTV, and it was like different trees and different uh, decorations all over, and like one town, and I want to say it was in Maine, um, and I could be wrong with that, but one of the things they did is they're a lobster uh, fishing community, they make a big tree out of lobster cages. Right. And that's and then that was like a central point in this film. So yeah. we were like, oh, <laughs> look at that. Uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I enjoyed that it was a Christmas island that wasn't a tropical island. Like, whenever it's a, and they have a few of these, where it's a Christmas movie set in a warm location, it just takes me out. Mm. Like, I just, like, it, it's like, no, I, and maybe because I hate the South. <laughs> I hate the weather. Not, like, the people, but, like, the weather in the South, that maybe that's why, but. Um, so, I, I don't think it was... I don't think it was too sappy as in it didn't make me like roll my eyes. I think it, like I said, not groundbreaking, not like something that, it's not like my pumpkin pie wars that I'm going to go back and watch it. <laughs> okay. But it was a solid outing. How about you? It was, it was decent. It was interesting enough. I could see it as, you know, you, you could almost see with a little bit tweaking to the script and a, you know, a bigger budget. This could have been a, a, a holiday, big screen romantic comedy kind of release. It was a, it was a, it was a gentle enough, you know, in, enjoyable enough. Um, yeah, like you said, like all, it's, you don't know what to say. How do you critique the acting in one of these? None of these are going to be your Oscar caliber, but no, it but was, they're, they're passable. Yeah, it was decent yeah. enough. I thought that the, the two leads had decent chemistry. Right. You could because actually... When there, when it is bad acting, then it makes a big difference. Like yes. Like, the one that we are going to talk about, it contains bad acting. Yes. Um, bad acting and bad writing, but not... Yes. But this one, you know, the, the writing is fairly middle of the road. It's, like you say, it's decent enough. Uh, I don't think it's anything... Uh, too offensive. Um, a very large lack of diversity in this one. Well, yeah. I mean, they're going to Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. I mean, yeah. That's the uh, you know. Yeah, but if that was the case, if you're setting your movie in Nova Scotia, in a tiny town, and there's not going to be a lot of people of color, maybe make one of your leads not a blonde person. They did. Well, they made the co-pilot. Was a black yes. guy who didn't... like stayed on the plane the entire movie. Yeah, you didn't see him until like five minutes. You didn't see him until like the end when they're at the traditional lighting of the Christmas tree, and it's like it's like oh yeah you're here too. Where'd you come from, fella? Here's here's an interesting thing that I I, I found funny, and I I understand why, but it's like um so the mom of the you know the Richie Riches um. She makes beautiful Christmas dresses. Because, of course, every time they do this, they have to have the beautiful red dress that the that our heroine wears to the whatever annual holiday what's-its is going on. So she makes dresses for herself, the pilot, her daughter, the sister mayor there. And it's like, oh, wow. And they're at the festival, and they're all wearing jackets over them. Yeah. So it's like... I mean, it was cold. Yes, I 
get that, but it's like, so you've gone through this trouble of making these, did like the costume department not come through? And they're like, we, we got them, just, they don't look great, just hold them up and then we'll have jackets over them. There, that, there, there you go, fix the problem. You know? I mean, they could have had capes. That would have worked. Yes, but like, or, or like, <laughs> you know, you know, mom seamstress there knows they're in Nova Scotia. Like, maybe make them long sleeves. Yeah, that you know, was... like I'm just saying, you, know, you, you go through all this trouble. It's like, what? Where is the? Where is the uh, the the dress? The dress? So, what did like... you think of the subplot of? angsty teenager finding the true spirit of Christmas working in the the post office and coming up with the Christmas saving idea to have Santa email I thought it was all very sweet actually I thought it was very sweet because so because they're grounded um, and there's a snowstorm and they can't get the postcards out to the kids with the, the postmark on them so these kids are not going to get their, their letters from Santa and so of course being a you know Gen Z or she's she like decides let's scan them or first they have to like track down the people yeah they gotta find the yeah and then they they scan them and send them off i actually thought it was really endearing but you did not like that subplot i just, i i don't know it was uh I, I I don't know. I did uh, every one oh, of yeah? these. Oh yeah, is that it? Every one of these run like when you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie, you know you're you're going into the sappy. That's just you can't deny that. You can't escape it, and you can't you can't complain about it because that's part of the makeup. Right. But there is a there is a line of sappiness. And that kind of tiptoed a little over it for me. It was a little too sweet and sad. Plus, it was one of those things that... if I always kind of put myself in the position, if I was a kid, would this actually fill me with Christmas joy or would this confuse me more? Because, you know, where does Santa live? Where does Santa live? In the North Pole. In the North Pole. So why the hell am I getting a letter from Christmas Island? Like, how, why Why did my letter go there? You're just saying that because you got your letters from North Pole, Alaska. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Is that, I know stuff like that does happen because we lived in a place where that's one of the things North Pole does is send out Christmas Santa letters. But that makes sense because it says North Pole. But if you were living on that side of the country, then maybe you tell your kids... Santa's address is Christmas Island. Okay. okay. All right. So like, get over it. Or you're sending them to Santa's like summer house. But also, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh look, Santa's mail got stopped, so he emailed this to us. Like, it's not a big deal. Kids are willing to believe any of that shit because <laughs> they want to. Because they want the presents. Yeah. And they're afraid that not believing it will hinder the present delivery. Yeah, you still haven't let go of this need to have rational plot lines. <laughs> like, you gotta let that go, man. So, anyways. No, um, I'm just saying that as I was one of those kids that would that something like that would have bugged me. Well, then your parents were not going to be the ones who got you a letter from Christmas Island, right? No, but my dad did. We had like this Santa. I won't say a, it wasn't a trap. <laughs> but we had like um, we had a a cover for the fireplace. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> getting over a cold. <coughs> you know, you keep saying that in every 
episode. Yeah. I don't think you're getting over it. Um, anyway, uh, we had we had this uh, cover for the fireplace that we would sh my dad would string a ribbon across. Yeah. So that the the logic being that when Santa came down the chimney, he'd have to kick the the cover off, and that would break the ribbon. Right. So. So yeah. Your dad's an engineer. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah so you know. Like, like you said, kids kids will believe a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so overall, um, uh, let's uh, instead of our usual rating, because nobody gets grades on the Christmas. No. Um, we're gonna go one to five candy canes. One to five candy. Okay, that's a good scale. Okay. Good scale. So where are you ranking? Ah. Uh... This one, uh, three candy canes. Okay, okay. It was it was decent enough, and it was enjoyable, and it was, you know, warm and sweet, and yeah, you, you, you know, you had a you had a decent time with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say three candy canes. I think that's fair. I'm actually going three candy canes too. Okay. Like the lack of diversity, he knocked it down a candy cane. Okay. All right. Um, and it just is kind of like it's okay. Like it's not, you know. Like I said, not groundbreaking, not particularly over-the-top funny, um, but it didn't suck. No. So, three candy canes. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All, All right. All right. So, we hope you enjoyed uh, this first little mini episode, and we've got we got more coming. So, yeah. uh, so uh, thanks for driving along with us. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the coughing. Trying to get rid of that. And, uh, and as always, uh, drive safe. Have a happy holidays and we'll see you at the movies.